0: Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Bill Pullman doing Independence Day speech. Yes, we're talking America today, people. My name's Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And I bet you're all missing football. We're missing football. So that's talk some football tournament football, of course. And do that with me. He's the only person I want to talk tournament football in the 90s with. He is the landlord. Of the football tavern on Twitter, Mr. Ed Chambers. Ed, been a couple of weeks, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thank you, share. It's been it has been a couple of weeks. It feels it feels like ages actually since, been, yeah, yeah. since we've done this. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, if I looked at my like the, the diary, it's probably only been like two or three weeks. But yeah, we've um we've had a little mini pre-season, haven't yeah. we? We've yeah, been we on, have, yeah. you know, on, on traditional um, '90s style our pre seasons would be probably going around Ireland, Um on the on the drink and then um running around a bit whereas these days it's all um sort of world tours around yeah, America yeah. and Australia and what have you. But um yeah no it's Indiana. good it's good to it's good to pick back and I'm 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 looking forward to talking uh USA ninety four. It's um it's a tournament that I I I do have a love <laughs> for because it's football. But uh, it's not I your favourite it. it. it's not and yeah. I can't work it out. I really can't work it out. I think it might have something to do with the late kickoffs and the fact that. Yes. I've said, be- I've said before, I think that my parents were quite strict when it came to bedtime. Like you know, what I've said before on the show yeah. when the when the Bill when the Bill theme tune came on, it was like right, <laughs> get get yourself upstairs. Um and I think i obviously a lot of games were at sort of one o'clock in the morning as well, so that didn't help. But you always caught up with them
0: on BBC yeah. practice or something, folks round but, or something. i well Yeah, well. yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah, but no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do, I do, I do like it. It'll just um, it's just not Italian night for me. But you know, it's it's actually a better tournament in terms of goals and skill and everything. But you know, it's. You know, you, You've always got that
0: first love, haven't you? Yeah, oh no, I'm the same. I've got a lot of love for Italia 90 um, as well. Got, I mean, it's weird because like I think France 98 should be my the World Cup. We probably we should, like both age-wise, mm. because yeah. we're fully, you know, not saying <laughs> I was gonna say fully human, which was yeah. ridiculous. I'm a human from a but like you're age-wise maturity, you're yes. understandable with what's going yes. on, and your love for football is probably Hitting fever pitch in terms of this until you get into the next stage and other distractions start to come in. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I love. Yeah, I've made no secret on here. We, have you know, we did a show on USA '94 where we reviewed the tournament way, 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 way back in the very first sort of collection of this of this series, and I've obviously mentioned it ad, ad nauseum throughout the the show uh, in, in previous episodes. But yeah, there's so much to it, which we'll get into. I don't want to steal the yeah. show from telling the reasons why we love it, but yeah, it's a it is a, uh, a tournament that is close to my heart, for sure. And I'm looking forward to digging into that in just um, a, a second. But um, you mentioned pre-season. Now, I thought something went through my mind and now it's got, oh, you've, you've We've freed ourselves from the park because the fixtures have come out in the news. Yes. Next, yes. We yes. always say, like, I think, yeah, we've said before, it used to be a saying to us from Fever Pitch, you sit in the park until the fixtures come out. And since we last spoke, the fixtures have come out. So we are looking forward. Uh, to a new season and there's a 90s flavor to QPR's first game actually um, which is away at Blackburn Rovers thanks EFL computer fixture list because that's a toughie to start off with but the Blackburn manager we're facing and this is something definitely a couple of weeks ago would never have imagined 90s I was gonna say icon but that's probably doing him a bit too much but 90s definitely a 90s face John Darl Thomason random appointment sir
1: very, very random. Um, I mean I didn't actually know I'll be honest, I didn't actually know that John Dale Thomason was a was a coach, to yeah. be <laughs> honest with you. Um and I, I get this sort of um when I read about that appointment, I had this sort of feeling that I'd been playing championship manager for too yeah. long. It was like the year is twenty twenty two and John Dale Thomason is the manager of Blackburn. You know, my, you know, it felt like my Everton team, like, you know, Tommy Swindle Larson had played his 800th game for the club and we'd won, we'd won everything. And then I I turn around and um, one of the players on the game is a manager and I've been playing it for too long. Um, It's, yeah, left field for Blackburn. Very left field. Good good luck to him. As as I was going to say, it's a nice, easy start, but I, um, you know, with uh, QPR, but you know, you, you never know. You we never know, played at but, Ewood um, Park
0: for a very long time. I can't remember the actual yeah. stat off the top of my head. Um, yeah. but we did play the last time we played them on the opening day of the season was I think 95-96. So keep in oh, right. Right, okay.
1: Be, um, that would I, have
0: been that would have been when they were champions, wouldn't it? Yeah, or maybe it was a season No, it would have been 95-96 because yeah. we I think it's the season we got relegated. It may have been the yeah. season before when they were champions. I can't quite yeah. remember I remember, but um yeah. yeah, we definitely played in mid-90s. I think Anderson Shearer scored a penalty to to win the game, but yeah, so right. we haven't won at Ewood Park for a very—it's not a great, hunt, happy hunting ground for us. No. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, we've got no top of the pops to talk about because the BBC just decided not to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, boo the BBC! <laughs> how dare the they? BBC.
0: How
1: how dare they take our material away from us? Yeah. Do they not know that got, we are? We've got uh, airtime to fill here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um I've noticed a few '90s things actually while well, we've been been awful things that reminded me about the '90s. um two things actually just quickly uh so i watched um soccer aid a couple of weeks ago oh, did yeah. you
0: watch that all right um, i hate it so no. No,
1: no i knew you'd hate it um i knew you'd hate it um, um obviously you don't hate it from the charity point of view but you hate no, it from
0: the football no, point from, of the, view. from the football point I, I can i, I don't
1: know can, what it is it's kind of yeah
0: look at me. i'm a great you know i'm a great footballer. i'm, I'm really doing this for yeah. charity but really look at me i'm a great footballer and, yeah, yeah I it's don't know.
1: um it's come to the, I read on Twitter actually the other day that it's come to the point where some of the people that play are actually now just famous for playing a soccer raid rather yeah. than for <laughs> yes. like the guy from Love Island. Like he doesn't do it. He, he doesn't do anything in as far as I know, I don't even know his name and this, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm way out of touch. I know that, but uh, is it chunks or whatever? Yeah. If somebody, if somebody, either, yeah. if somebody would have said to me in the pub, who's chunks, I'd have gone, Oh, he's that bloke that plays a soccer. Yeah. every year. I don't know who he is. And, um, so anyway, I was watching it with. Uh, <clears throat> I was watching it with my my um, five year old. Actually, she started to ask a few questions about the game, and you know who's the yellow team. And I kept thinking, "What do you mean the yellow team? There wasn't a team in yellow." And then the goalkeepers were in yellow, and I thought, "Yeah, it was interesting watching football through the eyes of a child, basically." Yeah. And then, uh, of course, but I did think of you at halftime when uh, Robbie Williams came out. <laughs> Get your phones out, everybody! Lights on, angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obs.
0: Yeah, angels,
1: and uh, you know, all the uh, all the mums were loving it, you yeah. know, with their kids there and stuff. There was a few dads standing up as well, and uh, yeah, and they, you could tell the people that thought it was a load of old crap, that the ones that were just sitting there doing nothing, sort of, you know, sort of just that sort of face on them. And Does then Jonathan the other,
0: Wilkes still play? Is that his best bar? I didn't I didn't
1: see I didn't see him in this one. I wasn't paying loads yeah, of attention, yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't see him. I still don't know who he is either. No, no I not I Yeah, I think I think that's for a, a different uh, a different day. Um but um and the other nice thing I think I was um the other week, um so I was Rocking my baby to sleep in a Babetto style, which is quite apt <laughs> for today. And um the stereophonics were live on BBC Two.
0: We watched that, yes. Me and my right. Michael so, as well.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so, but <laughs> this is ridiculous is gonna sound ridiculous because I was rocking her to sleep and not really concentrating. I didn't realise that it was live. I thought that it was something pre-pandemic that the BBC oh, okay. was showing, because yeah. I never thought the BBC would be sort of, in inverted commas, cool enough to show a Stereophonics gig live on yeah, bbc true. T. Yeah,
0: true. Yeah, um,
1: true. But it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And then that reminded me about when we went to see Ooh, Stereophonics, you and I, we did. and our friend, yeah. our friend Phil. Hi, Phil. Yeah. Hi, Phil. Uh, uh, he doesn't
0: listen.
1: Up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, we um they played for those who don't know london or whatever they played hammersmith apollo they did and, which is only what 2000 probably 2000 seat uh 2000 hold probably hold yeah two thousand. Yeah. it's a good and it's a good venue, which yeah. which for a stadium band like stereophonics was amazing and they blew the roof off the place it was a really really good gig but of course one of my abiding memories of that gig and i think you you know you laughing already so but for the for the 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 listener and ash goes to either the toilet or the bar can't remember one or which he he comes back with this kind of like really excited kind of look on his face really happy and i thought great ash is really enjoying this gig and i was like you're right mate and uh he just looked at me and said i've just seen i've just seen lee cook (laughs) who who played for qpr at the time and i was like oh Right, it was such an anti climax for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, right, okay, great.
0: Well, you have to, at that point in my life, I wasn't what I do now. I don't think I was no, maybe you weren't, starting, no. maybe. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. I think it was
1: just, just just, before you became a things
0: <laughs> Inverted <laughs> comment. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. worked in sports journalism.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I worked <think> <clears throat> <like>, in <throat> sports journalism. I yeah. Got
0: used to somewhat meeting them. Yeah, but yeah, after, after me, uh, after, what I speak to the other, I served Paul Furlong when I worked at JD Sports. So I think yeah, that right. was my next. Lee oh, yeah. Cook just randomly walk past, rocking out to bartender <laughs> yeah. in the bartender and the Faith was yeah, it was yeah. a good moment for me definitely. Yeah. My, the, um, my my wife the hates answer me.
1: to uh, the answer to England's left hand side problems, if I seem to recall. I
0: I stand by that. If he had <laughs> when he went to Fulham, when he went to the Premier League, he went with Fulham. He had a horrible injury; and never really recovered from. He was better than Stuart Downing. I will stand. I will that is a hill I will happily die on. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that show that that show that was on the the live gig because I we were watching that and my wife's a big stereophonics fan. Um, I okay, I like them and I think I joined you on that gig randomly I think you had yes. a spare ticket at the last minute if I that's remember right that's correct. yeah. and I spent most of the night shouting bartender at him because yeah. like, that is my favourite stereophonic song and eventually they did yeah. play it but she hates me for seeing them well I, hate, I hope she doesn't but she doesn't like the fact that I went to see them on a kind yeah. of whim in that yes. very intimate venue rather than yeah. Uh, yeah. her who's never actually got round to see them and I will take you one day dear um, at some point so yeah whenever that comes up she's like I can't believe you just was so nonchalant I was like yeah i okay. go yeah whatever but it was a good gig. It was a very good gig. It was yeah. a very and they good are very gig. Yeah. Good. And every time I watch the Stereophonics, I listen to them, I go, every song I go, oh, I, like this. One of those, I forget how many good hits they yes. have.
1: Um, especially good. especially when you watched it live. Sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes with Stereophonics, when their music comes on my Spotify, sometimes I kind of click to the next song because I've heard yeah. it so many times. But when I saw some of those songs live, I was like, wow, that They're is pretty right yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I did watch some Glastonbury, though, and I officially yeah. had no clue how of was. Like, pretty much... Every artist, bar than 80 year old Paul McCartney, on, on that. Yeah, bit. I, every time I turned it over, I was like, no idea, no idea, yeah. no idea. Yeah.
1: It's
0: not for me. I've read that. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's some there of it. There. There's, I just I did feel a bit old, actually. Um, to be fair, I'm that, not a
0: festival person. It's not my scene. It never has been, but at least I used to know who the acts were. <laughs> and yeah. now I haven't got a clue. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, right. Should we um, should we get our guest in because he's in the waiting That's, room. Um, absolutely, look forward so, to meeting this guy. Yeah, we definitely. We'll talk all about his new book and why we're talking about you tonight, Phil. Just say night four if I can get my words out um, after this. Before we get stuck into the brand new episode of Alive and Kickin', I'm delighted to announce a partnership with the amazing Footy Devotion. Footy Devotion have a brilliant range of t-shirts, coasters, prints and mugs, all illustrated by the amazing team at Footy Devotion and inspired by the 1990s as well, with a special range dedicated to Italia 19. And because you listen to Alive and Kickin, the original 1990s football podcast, you can get 10% off your order. Simply use the code AK90s at the checkout and you'll get 10% off. That's AK90s. So AK90s and 10% off your order. Jobs are good. One. Check out Footy Devotion on Twitter at Footy Devotion and the whole range. I've got a few myself. I've got the brilliant 3pm sweatshirt. I'm looking at a brilliant QPR print kit I've got on my wall. And there's loads and loads to choose from, from World Cups to clubs and many, many more. So check out Footy Devotion. And as always, Keep it 90s. Welcome back. And this is Alive and Kicking, the original 1990s football podcast. And as we said in the uh, the intro there, I'm one excited podcaster right now because we are talking usa 94 very excitedly again um but probably not i say again we mentioned it in bits and bulbs we've done one show on it i don't think it's been a while since we've done another deep dive on it so i'm quite excited to get into this and i I love this turn of phrase because i get to use it today um we're joining me and ed today someone who's literally written the book on usa 94 which we'll get into in a a minute uh mr matthew evans matt how you doing buddy i'm doing well thanks ash yourself Oh, very well, very excited we are indeed. Um, we'll get to the book in a minute. Congratulations on the book, which is called USA 94, the World Cup that changed the game, which uh, I do like, because we mentioned changes a lot here uh, yeah. on the 90s. Uh, we'll get into the book in a minute, but as you're a newbie, as we always do, let's get this out of the way first. Mm. 90s football CV, away from the States and the World Cup. You're an Ipswich Town fan. Um, I am. Is, yeah, I don't think we have spoke a lot of Ipswich really, on so this. I'm quite interested to get into this. Kind of sum up for us the 90s for Ipswich in a, in a few sentences.
2: Uh, good start to the decade. We won the Old Division 1. We were part of the um, very first Premier League. Yeah. Um, had some very nice kits. Um, <laughs> the laces. laces. Yeah, it's all about the yeah. laces, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got relegated, 94, 95, and then spent five years sort of rebuilding in um division one and then we come back up uh 2000 2001 so 90s was a bit of a mixed bag really yeah that, good that, start not a very good middle
0: <laughs> yeah that side that eventually came out, that's the side that finished was it th- th- fifth in the premier league was it i remember with marcus Stewart.
2: In, yeah yeah finished fifth and then got relegated again
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> strange team that one really yeah, yeah. Uh, before we ask him his players ed ipswich in the 90s what are your memories of ipswich in the 90s
1: I seem to recall Ipswich in the nineties being um, a thing that they consistently seemed to lose in the playoffs. I might be wrong there. It just seemed that they were always there or thereabouts with George Bailey at the helm. And eventually, in the year two thousand, they eventually won at Wembley. And I have no allegiance to Ipswich whatsoever, but I remember feeling kind of relieved from people (laughs) that they'd actually done it because they'd gone through. It felt like it felt like. The season would start, and you're just like, right, put switch in the playoffs, and let's just fast forward to yeah. to, to to May. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd sort of recall, I'll call that. And the, of course, in the early days of the Premier League, you had the, the, the battles with Norwich. Really, I suppose Norwich were flying high at one stage, but Ipswich were also a good team with obviously the great names like Dazelle and Kiwambir and stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, the playoffs is probably the first thing that comes to mind. I, yeah, I think
2: with the playoffs, we sorry, Ash, we um, I remember one season we missed out on away goals. Um, to get to the final. So that the next year, they scrapped the away goals, didn't have away goals, but if away goals would have still been on the next season, we'd have made the final. So, yeah, we had, uh, we had a bit of bad luck, and obviously the last season we had in the Premier League was the 9-0 Man United. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, was, uh, that, that wasn't a very good uh, Monday morning in school for me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, lost to Wrexham in the FA Cup. Uh, my dad's a Wrexham and fan because I live in, oh, live in North Wales, oh, and I was dear. actually actually stood on the cop uh, at uh, the race course with my dad and all the Rex and fans um, when we got beat. Yeah, so Lovely. not not a very good year that year for me yeah, personally. Yeah. You must so just you just love Southampton. I was gonna say yeah. you must
0: love Southampton because they lost not like that Premier League record stood for yes. so long. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, th- there's been so many times where I've seen teams five, six, seven I'm up and thinking, "Come on, go on, go <laughs> on. let's have ten.
0: Come on, we've had the record twice, long enough. But yeah, there's not
2: enough, there's not enough killer instinct nowadays, I don't think. No, Teams no. seem to make loads of subs and just think, oh, seven's okay, eight's okay. Yeah. It's like, come on, let's have ten. <laughs> yeah. ten
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the two things I always think about Norwich, and you mentioned it there, Ed, like, um Ipswich, Ipswich. Is, the, is, the, yeah, is the Norwich because I was gonna say the Norwich Itswich Monday night football games, whenever yeah. they were in the same division, it was yeah. like Sky had, I don't know, had it in their contract or a got given right. <laughs> that Monday night football or at least a night game was always Ipswich Norwich and it's just assumed to be a thing I always remember in my in those early nights
2: I'm not sure if it was Sky who coined the phrase the
0: old farm derby yeah the old farm derby sounds very Sky doesn't it it does sound it sounds
2: extremely Sky Yeah. yeah
0: And the other thing is always, I remember this first sticker album. I remember getting the Mick Stockwell sticker. Oh, what a player. Yeah. What a player. But I, he seemed to be, you know, one of the, used to get, there were certain stickers that when you're tr- getting towards the end and you're trying to complete an album that just yeah. keep popping up in your sticker packets and bloody yeah. Mick Stockwell. I was like, I think I'd like four or five doubles of him mm-hmm. and everyone in the school yeah. had Mick Stockwell. But
2: yeah, I, I remember being in like sixth form, which was like 1996, and very often have like, Kids out of second and third year knocking on the common room door with bundles of stickers, saying, <laughs> "selling me their Ipswich swaps to put on me. I put on my folders and on my locker." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they must have. They made. They must have made at least at least 10, 20 quid out of me. These, these, these little kids and parents must have been wondering where all the money
0: was coming from. Yeah. Let's talk players quickly there before we get into to the book. Um, favourite Ipswich player of the nineties. Uh,
2: it'd have to be Mauricio Tarico.
0: No oh okay Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean he <clears throat> he signed he signed in ninety four as part of a part of a deal we signed Adrian Paz uh, from <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he had a he had a cracking mullet um, yeah. he signed in for, for a million for a million pounds he scored he scored one goal against Liverpool um and we signed to Rico to sort of help him settle in I think that was that was part of the uh, reason why we signed in because in the local press we were linked with a South American striker and word was it was going to be Gabriel Batistuta. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: obviously. Was,
2: yeah, obviously that's <laughs> yeah. You know, that's <laughs> obviously, lo- logical. Yeah, it's very
1: logical.
2: And the local press were all over it saying Batistuta's coming. And then um Adrian Paz turned up. Um so yeah so Tarico signed sort of I think it was just that sort of help Paz sort of settle in. So he didn't make his debut till the season after when we got relegated in the old Division One. But, um, yeah, he's real, real cult hero, fan favourite, sort of 100% guy. You know, he scored... Whenever he scored, it seemed to be like a goal of the season contender. Remember, we scored like a 25 yard against United in the League Cup. And he was just one of those guys who... He was good on the ball, but he liked to tackle, you know, which fans always like. Yeah, um, yeah just a real 100%er. Yeah, went on to proud Spurs, play,
0: didn't he? he went on to play for Spurs. Yeah, yeah Spurs,
2: uh, Brighton. I think he I think he signed for West Ham and he done I think he'd done his knee, done a bad yeah. got a bad knee injury, and um he just agreed to cancel his contract. He said it's not fair to, to yeah, pay I well, of, yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he was on the yeah.
0: coaching staff at Brighton as well, when yeah, he yeah, um, he's, he's followed Poye around yeah. a bit, yeah, Poye's yeah. assistant, yeah. I've randomly remembered that. Um okay then outside of Porton Road, I have said that actually. Um, who would be your favourite player of the nineties then?
2: Uh, Roberto Baggio.
0: Oh I very mean, timely, very timely. Yeah. Quite
2: awesome. uh, <laughs> I mean for, for me, the goal against Czechoslovakia in nineteen ninety yeah. World Cup, obviously famous goal. I remember watching that, I was I was I've like been nine that summer. I remember watching that goal and just thinking, wow, you know, the Diodora boots, the hair. I mean I, I played I was like a central midfielder, like a proper porter. I was like a, I was like a water carrier before water carriers even <laughs> existed. <laughs> but I had a pair of Diodora boots. You know, I, I had to have the Baggio boots pleading with my parents. Um, and then, obviously, before the likes of uh, Gazette Football, Italian started on Channel 4, being in North Wales, we used to get a programme called Scorio, right. which was on a Monday night. And they used to have right. La Liga and Serie A highlights. Oh. Yeah, it started it started like late eighty, so we had all the classic like Milan sides. You yeah, know. so we used to see, um, used to see quite a bit of of Baggio, even things like Hugo Sanchez and Buttiglino. At uh, Madrid, used to see all of them. So when the like Italian night started, I thought, oh, I know, I know some of these yeah, players. Yeah. And then obviously ninety four come, and you just thought with with Baggio, it was the way he sort of got hold of that tournament, you sort of thought it's it's meant to be that he's gonna be this is gonna be his Maradona moment, you know, in H six. This is gonna be Baggio's tournament. He's gonna to, he's gonna take him all the way and win it. And then obviously it wasn't too, but yeah, absolute, absolute legend of a player. Love him.
0: Can I just say that Ed sat up in his chair like he just like it was Christmas yeah. Day when you mentioned the it's words right. Roberto Baggio. Yeah, it's
1: just like I just, like I've, I've just it feels I feels like I've only known that for like five minutes and he's already my best friend because he's already it's <laughs> already been to Roberto Baggio and that goal with Italian Ilic. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm I'm thinking, does he know that I like that? Yeah, um, Matt, I've got a quick question for you actually, yep, and yep. you. You know, if it's personal, we don't have to answer. But why, why Ipswich? Because if you you're living in North Wales and yeah. your dad is a Rexham fan, yeah. often, you know, kids go with the go with the teams that the parents support or a yeah. family member. What's the Ipswich connection? Um I
2: think I'm putting it down to like teenage rebellion. I'm putting it down <laughs> to brilliant. Growing up, I used to spend many afternoons on the cot with my dad, uh watching Rexham, but. I always thought them was like they were my, my dad's team. I, yeah. I wanted me, I, I want my own team. And, yeah, you you want to be your own that, man. Yeah, I started high yeah. school, and a lot of the a lot of kids in in high school here in North Wales are obviously Liverpool, Everton, and Man United fans. Yeah. Um, and I thought, no, I, I want to be, I want to be different. It's time to reinvent myself, and yeah. uh, chose Ipswich Town football club. Yeah, yeah. So, what, yeah there's, no, there's no, there's no, there's no. no was way. It?
0: What was behind What was just a- I, don't,
2: I, I think it might have been the laces on them kits, you know. <laughs> I, there's no, th- honestly, the amount of times I've been asked this question, I yeah. should have put a pound in a jar every time. I'm out. <laughs> honestly, there's no, there's no family link. I've never lived there, or it's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Wow. But I am, um, yeah, I've, I've bumped into a few over the years. They live they live not too far from here, yeah. So there are oh, there are good. a few of us dotted yeah, around. Yeah.
0: What was what, Fizzens that used to sponsor them? What is that? Yeah, I was I was ask that. Fertilizers. Oh right, okay. Yeah.
2: Which is kind of what you need on a farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a farm, exactly is. yeah. yeah. And then it was um and then it was Green King, wasn't it? The Green old, King. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brewery, I, yeah.
0: That's what I love about football sponsorship. Like I'll see Fizzons, maybe if I don't know if they still exist, but if they did, I'd see that somewhere in my life one day and go, it's switched 94. Like it's yeah, just yeah. these companies. I remember yeah. being I was at uh what is that service station? Clackett Lane service station last summer. Um in Traffic jams, whatever, and one of their electronic boards was made by LNX, and I was like, "LNX, Which Wimbledon, was- Wimbledon, yeah." Like yeah, I hadn't yeah. seen that logo since whatever what was that late ni- mid nineties. Yeah. They were sponsored by LNX yeah. before they well, didn't yeah, have like, for a long time.
2: I, I, I've been, I've been in like you know, various. Like even the likes of B and Q and I've said to the said to the wife, Oh, I have to get this draper tools. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, she's like Southampton, Southampton isn't it? Southampton, <laughs> Southampton, yeah. and villa or whatever, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, Definitely you know, what, trust what are, a
0: sponsor, yeah.
2: When you when you were kids like,
0: what are mitre copiers? Yeah exactly. Yeah. You know who,
1: but who cares? It looked good. Who cares yeah. what they are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's sad that kids today will be like, What's whatever the steak bingo company or gambling yeah, yeah. company or Yeah, yeah. Just um,
1: as just before we we do move on to USA ninety four, I just want to go back just briefly to the Batista link, which I think is brilliant. (laughs) I I think we didn't right. So anyone listening, right, that that is slightly younger than us, right, that is slightly younger than the nineties, and they just want to hear about the nineties. And there are a few out there, yeah, you know, and there are a few. Batistuta being linked to Ipswich, right? Sounds ridiculous, but it didn't sound that ridiculous in the nineties. It sounded like it was possible.
0: Yeah. Does that yeah. make
1: sense? Because of the tran because of the Klinsman Spurs thing. And you know, Ash always laughs about Baggio going to going to QPR and obviously Rude Hullet turned up at mid-table Chelsea. That wasn't yeah. Chelsea of today. This is a very, mm-hmm. very different environment. And you know, there's there's countless you know there's countless others. Brian Roy went to Nottingham Forest. Yeah, but due yeah. to being linked to, to Ipswich back then was kind of laughable, but not as laughable as it would be now.
2: Yeah, I think it's <laughs> one of those you look back at in hindsight, you think how ridiculous. But I think at the time, yeah, yeah. like I said, a lot the local press were, were all over it. It was he was he was the name. It's South American striking. He was the name top of the list. Um, oh, yeah, I love that. And and then Adrian Paz, Adrian Paz turned up with, with his one goal. Yeah, you've got yeah. the
1: roller-cola sort of version. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah.
0: the panda-pop version. Mm. <laughs> We've had one of those bringing this back to modern day very quickly. One matter was linked with QPR this morning, which is one of those really? random links I've yeah, heard. That's,
1: yeah, I'm going to let you down gently. That's not happening.
0: Man. No, I, I know. Total, absolute BS. <laughs> that's a bad geo in the making, days, because it's like, yeah. really? He's got, yeah. And the reason being, he has property in West London. Oh, of course. I'm sure yeah. that will yeah, make yeah. him think yeah. that's time for yeah, QPR on yeah. very much less wages than he was on at 99. Um Walk anyway, that'll be for a podcast in 20 years' time when that link comes out and they go, What matter was linked with QPR, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's talk the nineties, that's talk this book then. Um I mean, what how did you come about writing it? Because I I heard something last week and it's really stuck with me about World Cups. Um, and it's although we we talked about Italia 90 in the intro, didn't we? Uh, Ed, but They say that the the World Cup after you're 10 years old is kind of the one that you hold dearest to your heart because it's kind of, once you're 10, you're kind of more aware of everything, you understand football a lot more, you're very much, you get into things, you properly get into things. So was that the starting point for you? Was this the first World Cup that grabbed you and you wanted to write a book about it?
2: I would agree with that, yeah. I mean, I've got small, very slight memories of Mexico 86, um, certain ones of Italian '90. Uh, the obvious ones, but um yeah, for me, I was thirteen that summer, and I just remember just absolutely absorbing it. Just you know, cutting things out of newspapers, mm. and you know, any magazine it was out, you know, getting it and just totally investing myself in in the tournament that summer. I remember, it wasn't. I didn't have. I don't think I had the sticker book. That I think we had cards as well. I think we upper, like, um, upper deck cards. Yeah. yeah, and I remember there was one. There was one shop that sold them, and it was like a 10 minute walk from my house. And like religiously going up there, hoping they still had some packets, and yeah, just absolutely absorbed everything about it that summer. Um, so yeah, that would be the first World Cup after I was 10. So I, I, I'd go along with that, yeah.
0: Those upper deck cards always make me laugh because they're, they're so random. They had a, I don't know if they designed and released them quite pre before the tournament because there's a David yeah. Clack card, like, I'm obviously yeah, yeah, England weren't then. To make it even weirder, David Platt's on the beach holding a surfboard, which is just, I don't know, it's just a very unique it, card collection. It
2: was, it was probably a bit of foresight, that's what he, yeah. he did that yeah. summer. He was, um, he, he was probably just, on the beach.
1: I'm just yeah. going to jump in here, Ash, at that point. I think I saw something on Twitter the other day, actually, where there was cards of USA 94, but it was players that weren't there. Yeah. And that's why David
0: Platt was on the beach. Possibly, yeah. Why possibly. would you even Why would you even pose for that
1: unless you were getting paid good money? I suppose it's well, probably the answer to I'm, everything. But
0: i I wonder if they pose thinking that they'll be part of the collection, and when they weren't, they had enough Maybe. photos. To, yeah,
1: possibly. Yeah, to say it's that so these players
0: look so odd. There's a great card of Alexi Lalas as well in yeah, full obviously. on. Like not in playing it, he's in with a guitar playing a gig. It's just yeah, like, it's amazing. It's an amazing collection. I, I
2: remember I remember getting a card on it. Remember Marco Echeverri yep. played for Bolivia. Yeah. And we getting his card and he got quite sort of angry on it and he had this like flowing black hair. And I just thought, <laughs> wow, I need to keep me out for this guy. And then the, the first game. He, uh, he was on the bench because he'd had an injury and then he obviously he came on and uh, oh this is the guy off the cards oh great I can't <laughs> wait to see him play and then three minutes later he was walking back off he'd been sent off and that was his tournament over that was, it. <laughs> that was, that was the end of him
0: no was, it was a great there was a sticker album as well I, I do but I think the cards they were so random that I think yeah they they, they took me on so that, that was your starting point and now let's do the plug I mean the book's as we've mentioned before we got on the show it's it's out early than it's the new ad plan so it's out now tell us about the how the writing and the book just tell us uh, where we can buy it and things like that
2: um yeah so i i wrote for various websites and um magazines i just thought the next logical step is to try and write a book um i thought straight away i thought usa 94 thought back to like you know when i was growing up and um like I said, like f- football of my sort of teenage years, and I thought, oh, USA were saying I thought someone's someone's bound to have already wrote a book about yeah. it. So I'd done a little bit of research, and I thought, oh, there's, there's nothing out there. And at the time, it was the anniversary, like 30 year anniversary of Italian 90, and there was all all stuff everywhere about Italian 90, and I thought, there's nothing. There's no, I can't believe yeah. no one has wrote anything about USA 94. So I um, put an idea together, put a put a pitch together, sent it off to uh, pitch publishing, and thinking well if they get back to me great i'll give it a go and then within a couple of days they were like yeah let's do it so that's sort of got the ball
0: rolling yeah good stuff i'm almost annoyed i didn't think of the idea myself matt to be honest <laughs> as a lover of the tournament and uh, yeah as you, are you right there isn't enough out there because i always think it's 94 is the middle ground like of it, twofold really in terms of we were still kind of in that way of football where we didn't know all the players like you yeah. still get an Oleg, an Oleg Shilenko whereas 98 we were start the world had started to open up yeah, a little yeah. bit more, not quite the YouTube era obviously but I think yeah, by 98 yeah. you'd see players that you probably know most of them I think in 94 yeah. we'll still know more than we did in 90 but yeah. there was still the odd few like the Nigerian team we wouldn't know much of that there yeah yeah and also the merchandise. I think 94 was the moment that everyone went, oh, there's money to be made here in World Cup. Uh, merchandise, yeah. There's some pictures that gone around Twitter a lot of times of the merchandise catalogs from 1994, which if yeah, I could yeah. go back in time and make a bulk order of, I definitely, definitely would. <laughs> yeah, There's so much that I, yeah. now you to paid hundreds and hundreds of pounds of it and stuff, yeah. but I think that those two things, I think this is the World Cup that kind of, especially being America and what America do with things like this. Yeah. And, and I, I think by
2: ten. I, I think some people's attitudes to the USA '94 were sort of like tainted a bit by the fact there was no home nations there. Yeah. Yeah. I've spoke to people and they've said, "Oh, I don't know much about that World Cup." And it's like, yeah, because England weren't in it. Yeah. Um, but then if you talk to people in Sweden, yeah, you know, or or Bulgaria or you know, like said, Nigeria, they're like, "Oh, that's the World Cup." They re- they remember, you know. So for me, it was good. It was good. There was no home nations. You could just enjoy the tournament as a as a whole without having to, you know, getting get in drawn into all the... Uh, all the hoo-ha you usually get around tournaments. And, and going
0: out on penalties, obviously, which we normally yeah. did, definitely in the 90s. Ed, I mean, you've got Irish roots, as you've talked about before. Obviously, Ireland, which I imagine we're going to talk, to, talk about in a bit. Do you... Yeah. How, how do you view that because obviously i think that's a i think matt's right there like uh, that world mm. cup sometimes doesn't get talked about from this side because of, of the pond because we weren't there sure. i'm I'm like matt i kind of like that because you, you just watched a, a feast of football basically for a summer was it like yeah. that in your because you had some connections to the tournament and so i know we're going to talk about ireland for sure but mm-hmm. was that or did you miss england as well
1: uh i did miss england as well i'll be honest with you i mean <laughs> you know somebody that Somebody that uh, calls Ronald Koeman a bastard every day of, of his life on, <laughs> on on Twitter is, is yeah. going to miss England in some way, shape or form. Um, in terms of Ireland, um, obviously we'll come on to, we are, I am going to yeah. come on to the Italy game yeah. in a little while, um, spoiler alert. But it, it, that was the high point. And then, but it wasn't, you know, in terms of how it's viewed in the country, and there's probably someone listening that will disagree with me, but Italian is viewed in a lot higher esteem. Yeah. Um, kind of similar to what Matt was saying that, you know, if you ask somebody from Sweden, what they think of USA 94, you know, they, they love it. And Ireland were like that with Italian 90 due to the, the draw with England, the draw with Holland. And um, then of course, beating Romania on penalties yeah. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, of course, but with Italian, um, with USA 94, the high point was the first game. And then it kind of, you mm. know, it was good to qualify, but then it all kind of went downhill when it, team was aging jack was well aging of course yeah. and perhaps i've said before perhaps should have um exited stage left at the end of usa 94 rather than trying to get them to euro 96 it perhaps needed a, a younger team needed fresh to, approach yeah fresh approach yeah so um in terms of in terms of the irish yeah i think italian 90 is probably viewed yeah higher but but Obviously, the moment in the giant stadium and the goal and all that is is um, viewed as one of the greatest sporting moments in the history.
0: Right. We'll get into that in a minute, because what we've done today, seeing as Matt is on and we've talked about the book. Each of us has picked three things about USA 94 that we wanted to say that we loved, whether there be moments or memories or just something around the tournament. Instead of going through the whole thing, because we've done that before, we thought we'd bring a, a bit of nostalgic flavour because that's what this podcast is about rather than just reviewing the tournament because we've done that before here. So, uh, Matt, do you want to kick us off then, seeing as you are the man in the know and you probably your head is... Has it ever left USA 94 after writing a book on it?
2: No, no. it's, <laughs> it's uh, I've sort of lived and breathed it for like two yeah. and a half years, yeah. And I'll um, say
0: I'll say these are no particular order for anyone. These are just three yeah. things that we that when we think of your NAS these these are things that come out. So go on, kick us off with one, Matt.
2: This might be a little bit off the wall, um, but I'm going for Eric Ronaldo's free oh. kick.
1: Oh, now we've started.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um obviously they were the hosts, it was their first game. They needed, they needed to get off to there's a good start. Like Italian 90, they'd lost all three games and they were out. So yeah. the they the aim before the tournament started was to get through the group. So I think they needed to get off to a good start. Um, went in goal down uh, to a free kick, another a great free kick from uh, George Brezzi, uh, Switzerland, and then for Ronaldo to get a free kick just just on half time, he was like 30 35 yards out. Um, he'd suffered an uh, allergic reaction to an energy drink. He was um, a bit drowsy. He was covered in a rash. He uh, wasn't feeling too great. Uh, and then just to just to bend a free kick right, right in the top corner, just sort of kissing the crossbar on the way in. I just think that was uh, an amazing first goal for the hosts and sort of set the scene for them to go on and um, beat Colombia in the next game and, and sort of qualify. I think if they'd have got beat... Yeah, that first game. I think it might have, it might have been a bit of air coming out of the balloon. I think so. Um, yeah, for, for for me, that that goal was was really uh, a really standout point for me.
0: Yeah, Eric Winolder, Ed, is that name from the nineties? It is yeah. like it was very much of that time. Because let's th- be honest, that American team, as Matt mentioned, there Italia '90, they weren't great. And despite no. the despite the fact they beat England a couple of years later in the one of those sonar tournaments, and yeah. which we've spoken about before, but. The USA team has grown and grown and grown has the as soccer has grown and grown and grown absolutely from, from this point. But that, yeah, this USA 94 team, which were they had some they had some names that were played in England, of course. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it Roy, Roy Wegley was in that squad, Kobe yeah. Jones, um, John yeah. Harks. But I mean, yeah. that Eric Gwynolda is just a name, he's like the Landon Donovan was next in line, wasn't it? But he was <laughs> our Landon Donovan, <laughs> yeah.
1: yes. Eric Gwynolda Eric is very, very much the uh. The sort of go-to name for me if yes. someone says to me usa 94 america oh let's go eric Ronaldo, and it's probably because of that free kick right yeah. so just a little quick story for you just before we move on with i um in 2006 i actually went around america for a couple of months um tra- traveling and had a brilliant time and the world cup was on and um uh so i went to watch a bit of a game and i was standing next to this american at the bar and he kept coming on about joe cole and I was like, why does this guy keep going on about Joe Cole? He was like, oh, he's the greatest English footballer. And I was <laughs> like, right, OK, like, what What are you basing this on? I thought, has he never heard of Bobby Cholton or, you know, <laughs> is he, He's brilliant. And I was like, because he scored a goal against Sweden where he got it on his chest it's and right pinged home, it into yeah. the top corner. And I thought, how ridiculous is this, right? That he thinks that Joe Cole. And I thought, hold on a minute. I've spent the best part of 12 years going Eric Ronaldo's brilliant based on a free kick <laughs>
0: yeah. against
1: against Switzerland. And um, he was probably... I don't know anything really much about Eric Wijnaldum after this game, really, to be honest. So it, it's... You know I like we scoff at the Americans sometimes, but it was I was I was probably just as bad with Eric Ronaldo to be definitely.
0: Jo- I love that Joe Cole somewhere is getting the biggest compliment of his career. You're basically England's Eric Ronaldo, Joe Cole. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah,
1: Which well, I view that as a compliment.
0: Massive compliment, yeah. Rio Ferdinand, the Alexi Lalas of the of yeah. the England team, definitely. Yeah. And just
1: just just the other thing I remember about the American team was the goalkeeper was called Tony Miola.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. And
1: Tony Miola couldn't have put any more Jill in his hair <laughs> if he'd have tried message. it it was literally the sun you know in los angeles or wherever they were playing you know beamed down on this guy's head and you could see him from a mile away yeah you
0: know, so uh, yeah it was such an it was such a team of that time that usa yeah. team and yeah they'll get more mentions um as we go through um ed seen as we've already touched on ireland and you mentioned you were going to mention that game i know yeah Without even knowing what you're going to say, that <laughs> it's going to be one of your things you wanted to mention about yeah. ESO 94. So let's go to you and let's talk about the Giant Stadium.
1: Yeah, so the Giant Stadium, I mean, it's one of those, if I had to list five things, five games, I think that I would have wanted to be at, I think this was one of them. Wow. Um, the Irish literally took over Giant Stadium. Um, and in 2006, when I was over there, I actually went to a game there uh, in 2006. And I remember looking, to my left and thinking, crikey, that's where Ray Houghton, you know, that's where Ray Houghton scored the goal. Um, And so with that game, I think in terms of history and people, you know, we don't obviously don't look back at a a game as a whole too much. I mean, Ireland versus Italy, it's a shock. But the way the Irish actually played that day um, and Ray Houghton is actually interviewed afterwards. And he he sort of says could have been more because they did have chances um, to make it more but one thing that stands out for me from that game is um there's a tackle by phil babb the great phil babb him of the uh, testicle post
0: yes
1: um he he puts a tackle in and i think it's albertini in the penalty box and it's one of those did he get the ball first and the referee waves it away if var was in existence that would have been a penalty every day of the week yeah um, so, you know, and there are sort of, you know, obviously instances in all, in all sort of games, pre-VAR, but it was just a great, it was just a great event. And the Irish actually played really well that day. I forget how old the team was, you know, Ray, Hout- Ray Houghton's in his mid-30s, virtually mm-hmm. career. Career finished, I think it was 34, 35. Paul McGraw was outstanding. The best, to say that you're the best defender on in a, one particular game where, like, Baresi's on the pitch and Maldini's on the pitch... Yeah. That's, that's an honour in itself. Um, in my in my opinion, there was a young Roy Keane. John Sheridan had this chance where he hit the bar. It was a great team move, hit the bar. Um, had that gone in, it would probably have been the greatest Irish team goal, potentially, mm-hmm. in history. Um, so it was just a great... I mean, I've talked about before, my own personal story about how we had a party in the house and all that sort of stuff. But it was just great to start the tournament with a, with a great shock. And um, it did slightly go downhill, you know, losing to Mexico in the... 150 degree heat or whatever it was. I mean, you know, John Aldridge losing his
0: nut.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Irish, Irish people, and you know, I include myself in that, despite my being born here in England. But you know, I'm I'm as white as white as anything, and (laughs) and you know, they Steve Staunton looked like he was just going to die of the heat. The the white caps. Yeah, the white caps. caps, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, like you say, John John Aldridge absolutely losing his. Pieces of some bloke who looked like he sort of stepped off the uh, you know, stepped off the staff at Butlin's for some reason and found himself at USA 94. Um, so yeah, I mean, Ireland, Italy is just one of them standout moments, and um, I absolutely love it. That
0: I think the, McGrath,
1: the sorry, Ash, the McGrath performance, I think
2: it's one of those it's even talked about to this day, mm. and you know, you could maybe think, oh, it's probably one of those stories that sort of built over time. He, it, he, it, it, pro- it probably wasn't that good, it's just sort of like snowball. but if you go back and watch it. It's absolutely, like, imperious.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want to... I don't like to do comparisons and stuff, and, I, and there will be people sitting at home now listening to this thinking, shut up, Edge you talking nonsense. But at the time, 1994, so that's, what, 24 years after the World Cup in 1970, Bobby Moore's performance against Pele is always yeah. shown and held up as a standout performance. So 24 years later, people remember that. And here we are, even later than that, talking mm, about true. Paul McGrath's performance, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form. So don't you know come at me on Twitter. I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> know, clip grabbing
0: it as we yeah, speak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that Paul McGrath's performance was better than Bobby Moore's. It's just that it's it's held in an esteem, particularly in Ireland, that he was such a great defender
0: yeah no with no knees basically. with no he knees, knees. basically yeah, he had a bad no shoulder he had a shoulder injury that he did as well. yeah yeah, yeah. He's, an incred- he's,
2: an
1: in- he's an incredible individual actually yeah yeah. Right. yeah
0: yeah. and you haven't mentioned Ray Houghton's roly-poly
1: yeah I'll let- I left that to you because I know you
0: enjoyed that <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed it's it. brilliant it's like the most yeah. off-the-cuff roly-poly yeah. I think I've ever seen but yeah, yeah. Terry okay.
1: Phelan's stern
2: face
0: yeah did Terry yes. never not have a stern face yeah the bigger Terry Phelan I can't imagine t- can you imagine Terry Phelan smiling
1: no. <laughs> I was gonna say what? uh I was gonna I was gonna say when you're that small, that you're probably uh you're probably right. have a stern face yeah, all
0: right. the time. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's aiming he's aiming that at me, people. But yeah, yeah, I don't know how I tall Terry Feeling is. I'll look the up later. I reckon
1: Terry Feeling's about five foot five, I reckon.
0: Yeah, I reckon I'm bigger than Terry Feeling. <laughs> I was definitely I was definitely more than him. Um I'm gonna do mine and I'm gonna get this one out of the way because people are gonna go, he's gonna mention it. Ooh. So let's just get it out of the way um novak 84 on twitter challenged me not to mention this for the whole episode not happening mate not happening but i thought i'd generalize it anyway good for, good for
1: him though for calling you out on it That's well, what how I am i not
0: going to mention it like the usa yeah. 94 kit how can you not mention it but yeah. I, will, I will say kit i think actually kits in general at usa 94 there were some bloody belters and i know yeah. it's it's my fallback op- thing when i come to these type of things, just talk about the kits but USO 94, with the caveat of it had the greatest kit of all time in it anyway, um, which is, I know you can't, it's over there. You can't see it, Matt, but I have got the kit. It's, on, um, it's hanging on my wall. Um, the denim kit, yes, I've, I've mentioned the story of my relatives never getting it for me. I eventually got it, and it's my favourite kit of all time. But there, there's so many, like the classic Adidas template kits that they had at the time that Bulgaria had and Sweden with the big, bulky Adidas stripes that they had on them. The Nigeria kit, which is kind of the started the trend for the bonkers Nigeria kits that will come later in life um Mm -hmm. if I was making the top five kits of all time the Brazil away shirt would be in as well I absolutely love that shirt it's what's that umbro uh yeah umbro big collar had the badge embossed I think three times in in uh, a base that shade of it's a very royally dark actually very QPR shade of blue so I think that's why but the home kit as well was, was gorgeous it was one of my favourite kits I, I had that as a kid and I, I don't remember and I wish I do and it's very rare I don't remember how I had it Like I don't know why someone bought it for me but I had it that summer and I adopted naturally Brazil as my team because England weren't in it and I'll talk about this again in a minute but I do, I love that kit the Island Away kit that you went me we to about John Aldridge that had kind of the yeah. talking a lot about a lot yeah. of Umbrows yeah. yeah it kind of three and they faded down yeah. um, even their home kit a girl that was very it's very much like the um Brazil kicks out the big collar as well. I think as a whole, the, the kits, I'm, I'm going to Google because I know there's one I haven't mentioned, but they as a whole were just beautiful. Yeah. I, do- I, I, do had, remember- I had that island kit. It was
2: nice. Do you remember the sleeves on the Saudi Arabia shirt? oh Ooh. yeah
0: you had the what the cuffs
2: they were like massive they, yeah. they were literally they were literally long sleeve shirts were... <laughs> that's right yeah
0: yeah All yeah
2: but i i've got i've got a couple of pictures on my phone of me and my uh denim shirt in the summer of 94 and my mom and dad's back garden and also wearing a uh, usa uh denim drill top
0: oh mate have you still yeah, got it yeah yeah
2: no no oh. this, is, this is the thing like back back then you you know yeah you, you, you just wore them as soon as they were dry on the on the washing line they were back on so if i had still had it it wouldn't have fit me and it probably <laughs> been in no in no fit state now the amount of times i wore it yeah uh, yeah
0: classic but i'll have then... to
2: post them i'll have to post them on on uh on twitter like, yeah so no I'll, dude no, sure. yeah well,
0: mine doesn't my doesn't fit anymore. Even my the one I bought, I think it's a small one. Over the years, I'm not quite as small anymore. <laughs> so I, I have yeah, I would love to purchase another one, but they obviously they go quite. A, yeah, a the kits are amazing. Like
2: obviously Campos, the Mexican goalie. Yeah, I was is, about to
0: say, of course, yeah.
2: Is uh, self-designed goalie shirts. Um, yeah, the, the kits are amazing.
0: Yeah, and he's another one, going back to the upper deck cards, because he played outfield a lot for Mexico as well. You could have, there was a card of George Campos as an outfield player. I think he's doing a bicycle kick as well. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) is there a more George Campos thing than (laughs) him doing a bicycle kick and then designing his own kits, which to this day are so iconic. I know that classic football shirts have done those. I don't know if you guys see them, those button-up shirts for the summer. And one of the designs is the George Campos um, classic print. So, yeah uh oh, the germany i'm just looking at the kits now the germany home kit, yeah because well, yeah. the...
2: i think germany had such a classic kit in, in italian 90s yeah yeah but um i don't think the 94 got as much love as the 90 but for me it's
0: it's, up, it's there. up there oh yeah for sure the thing with the usa ones that always make like people are never quite sure what the home in a way was because i think even them in the tournament they kind of changed their minds yeah halfway mm-hmm. through because there was such that kit went down so well
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Even though the stripe one, which is also a very nice kit, this kind of off so you know, wave, isn't it? Yeah. wavy stripes, as a and they wore them with denim shorts at some point. So just as a whole, if they don't redo those kits for the World Cup in twenty twenty six, there's something wrong with the market. They're, they're missing an
2: opportunity there.
0: Absolutely, definitely. Anyway, right, end of the kit. I've done it. I've got it out my system. Uh, Matt, I've got, let's go I've,
1: back. I've got one. Sorry, I've just got one quickly on kits, guys. Go, on, um, go on.
0: yeah, go. On. I love it when you go. Go me got as well. Yeah, me of all the
1: people, the referees oh yes. yes so we were used to traditional roger milford types <laughs> yeah. wearing black football league sort of tops and all that and then suddenly there they are in purple and yellow and
0: there's a horrible gray one if i remember yeah
1: yeah and um yeah who do they think they are these referees trying I to get into like, yeah. uh into, so uh, that was my one that's the only kit i'll probably bring up all series so, uh, <laughs>
0: No, that's your second kit fat after you are not in a different sponsor yeah you know that's you, true, you, you yeah. did go for that did go for that for sure do you know who the England referee was for that tournament I'm sure you know Matt Ed do, do you know uh, take a think of another name he's not Roger Milford but he's, he's of that era
1: I'm just going to guess someone like Ellery or someone like that
0: it's probably Illit Don oh, of course <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. I only knew that this morning I'm not I'm not proclaiming yeah. that I saw that this morning and went Philip Don Phil- bloody hell
1: Philip Don from Lou in Cornwall there down, they he. always used to yeah. say that, yeah
0: don't get that anymore right no. uh, Matt what are you bringing us next uh,
2: next for me is
1: uh, Romario
0: oh <laughs> I think this is a combined one
1: <laughs> I'll change one of mine <laughs> no I'm only uh, no
0: not
2: not so much just one moment although his goal against the Netherlands yeah um, if you watch that goal back, it, the finish, he, he literally volleys it like two inches off the floor. Yeah. Bebeto's cross. And it just happens in it happens so quick. Um, but yeah, for me, Romario, that tournament, he was he was on a whole nother plane for me. Um he the way he linked up with Bebeto, there were two sort of totally different characters like chalk and cheese, you know, like Bebeto come from like middle class. Uh, backgrounds uh, whereas Romario grew up in one of like Rio's largest favelas you know he was he was more of like the, the street fighter if you like um, short man syndrome <laughs> he you know he he played he played with a scowl on his face but he was, he was so quick it's such a great touch you know he could run it players his finishing was unreal um, and like I said that goal against Netherlands if you go back and watch it, especially in slow motion. I think you, you can just sort of see the the just the finish. Like I said, it was literally inches off the floor. And he managed to volley, and for the keeper to even like realise what was happening, you know. And to say he, he might not even have made the squad. Um, there was some injuries. Um, Edmundo was injured. Muller um, was injured. Uh, He'd fell out with Pereira. He wasn't happy with his attitude and stuff. Um, but I think his age, Romario, I think he realised this was his last chance to to feature in a, in a World Cup. So he, he literally just had to knuckle down for a month, really. He, he scored the goals at SEAL qualification. That sort of got him on the plane. Um, and he was roomed with Dunga during the tournament because Obviously, Dunga being the uh, being the captain, who's was more of like a steadying influence. So um, Pereira sort of put, put them two together, so, so Dunga could keep uh, Romario on the straight and narrow, and obviously it paid off. I mean, you talk about people talk about the great Brazil teams of the past that didn't win the World Cup. Mm. Um, you know, the team of like '82, etc. I mean, they, they were lacking. They were lacking one thing, and that was a goal scorer. They'd have had a Romario. You know, it had been it had been a different story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Ed, and he 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 was going to be of yours, wasn't he? For sure, whether you were going to mention as well. Uh, and the, yeah, I mean, I was.
1: I mean, I think you know, whatever way I was going to mention it, you can't really talk about USA '94 without talking about Romario, can you? You kind of think that it was almost his World Cup in a way, um, yeah. just due to the the amount of strikes, the great goal that Matt was, you know, you know, very well described there, and he was you know, he was such a talent, but he was obviously a bit of a loose cannon. I mean, Matt. You know mentioned a lot of sort of fallouts with the manager and stuff you know there's lots of stories about him and Cruyff at Barcelona and what a unique character he was and he was just he was just a joy to watch really
0: he was one of those as well like a, not quite Scalacci, but for people our age who hadn't seen the doors of world football hadn't been as open as they are as they are now he yeah. was a bit of he was a bit of one that came out of and you like who is this guy and I yeah. loved him because yes he was small and he was small in stature. But he was, a, an, he's a player, and I, lo, and I still love these now, even though footballs changed. He just scored goals, like like you say, like if '82 had Romario, there'd be a different, yeah. different kind of fish, because he was just a born goal scorer. It didn't really matter what he did throughout the game. It's such a low center of gravity as well, like he just seemed to c- conjure up something. And then you had In Bebeto as well, who's yeah. kind of more the kind of athletic, better in yeah. the air, maybe a bit more. Mobile. Yeah, he sort dropped
2: deep. Could drop deep a bit for better as well, yeah, and, and yeah. play and play out wide. Whereas Romario, he was just goals, you know, get the ball at his feet. He could run at defenders, or but if you put the ball in the six-yard box to him, it's it's going in. I mean, I think he scored some like 165 and 167 games for PSV. That's crazy, you know. And then Barca signed him. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, it, it, he is one of those names of that tournament. He just you mentioned USA Night You do think. You know Romario. That's why he's on the cover of my book because he's like, for me, he was, he was, he was the striker of the tournament.
0: Mm. And and given how many, because I always think US '94, the amount of names, I think like big, big time, oh. superstar footballers that were there at the time, and he was the one that out basically outshone them all. And even though there was many, like we'll talk, you know, Baggio, we've already mentioned, Klinsman had a fantastic World Cup as well. Who was player of the tournament? Actually, was it Romario? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah was so memory, naturally yeah. he should have been the official player of, of the tournament. Um So yeah, I I adored that strike partnership. Um, are you Are you sticking with Romario for your second thing, Ed, or you 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 uh, you're fudging it over to someone else?
1: I'm gonna fudge it over to someone else now. Uh There's just, a, th- uh, there's a just, phrase we won't use again. Just just to be yeah, <laughs> just to be just to be slightly just to be slightly different, and, and probably uh, a little bit like Matt supporting Ipswich living in North Wales. Um, so you've talked about the cards. Um, I had a sticker album. Now I don't remember where, who made it. It was Panini. Panini. Yeah, yep, it was so Panini. I had that. And for some reason, right, I had like every Saudi Arabia player. Right? Like <laughs> I didn't see. I could I could get a pack of stickers from my local corner shop, and they always seemed to be full of Saudi Arabia. I even had like the shiny, you know, like the badge.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right, and I I would I had a few Swedish and hardly any Germans, and it was like so I kind of. I wouldn't say adopted Saudi Arabia, but I was always kind of looking out for them to do well, right? And uh, obviously, I was eleven, so you know things have changed in life, and I don't think I'd probably go down that road now. Uh, anyway, um, and of course, they scored that wonderful that goal, goal. Now, if yeah, you know the name of the guy, fair play to you. Um, I can't remember his name. Got Matt. Fahid There you go. <laughs> he, could have, he could have just made a noise there. I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether you're telling the truth or not. Um, but. Um, Just that he just keeps running with the ball and the finish and everything, Um, and I love goals like that from players that will be remembered. That guy, yeah. Now, obviously, I don't remember his name, but he will be remembered forever for that goal.
2: Yeah, I actually spoke to him.
1: Actually, spoke to him um, during
2: when I was writing the book. I um, I got a, a contact who knew him. I got a couple of interesting uh, video messages off him. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a character. I yeah. I nice
0: one. I bet he doesn't go a day wherever he lives now like, cuz I wouldn't. If I'd scored a goal like that playing in the park, let alone at a world cup, I would be <laughs> I'd be talking about it every day. He
2: shared with a picture of it on
0: Basically, is he still yeah. is he Saudi Arabian based? What does he even do now?
2: Uh, he he got in a bit of trouble um after the uh after the world cup i think it went it went through his head a bit the fame um <laughs> he was he was caught in um like a bar with females which is obviously right. yeah. frowned upon um so yeah he was a bit of a he's a bit of an outcast for a while but um yeah he seems he, he seems uh in uh, in fine fettle now yeah, yeah.
0: Well, now, going back to Romario, he's now a politician, isn't he? Which is he is, COVID. yeah, he's
2: in the he's in the Senate, yeah. That's
0: crazy. You wouldn't have think yeah. that, given his as we were saying, absolutely he's not. The no. time that he's now in charge of, well, at some, at some in charge of something in, in, yeah, politics yeah. in Brazil. So, um, but yeah, no, that that is a, a big time goal. Again, there's a lot of great goals as yeah. well. Um, yeah, say '94, which was something I was gonna just mentioned. additionally it was one of my things but there was a lot of great goals you mentioned when whether the Saudi Arabian goal was it Hadji who scored a great goal or Stoic? yeah against yeah. Columbia yeah, yeah. Or was it Hadji people, who said, a,
2: people said was it, was it a cross that got Hadji oh, it was like yeah. no
0: it's Georgie Hadji no, it's Georgie no, Hadji right. it's not a so cross no. another name like Hadji and Stoichkov Brolin yeah. oh god the yeah. World Cup had so many names yeah. and- but Hadji, Hadji you could tell with that goal that he actually looks up yeah, yeah he
1: looks yeah. up and he sees the keeper off his line and thinks I'm having this it's not, it's yeah. not a cross ever yeah, yeah. You know?
0: No yeah I, well my second thing was going to be kind of the brazil team as a whole anyway i mean yeah. which we've kind of taught I me mean, romario we've already talked about be as well but like i just because for some reason i had a brazil shirt I'd, I'd love to know who got me that shirt but thank you very much also i wish i'd kept it it's one of the few shirts i don't know what happened to it and be far too small for me now but it's one of those it's on the list to buy back when i don't have anything else to pay for in my life and can get away with it but the, just I, I just adopted them that summer and when something that Ed knows very well, man. When I get into something, I get quite obsessive about things. Yeah. Like, the, like the 90s. Um, so, I, you know, I, I deep dived into that Brazil team and just, I, I to know everything about every player. Like I, I was obsessed with Taffarel. Like, i am not ever really been a goalkeeper because, again, my size. But like, I would just love, for some reason, again, the kit. That was very loud. But the, just the fact that he was just kind of more of a character, like the George Campos, he was a bit of a character too. Yeah. Like Dunga, Leonardo, despite the dodgy elbow against the States, just and it was something about. I think everyone. It's another thing. I think everyone has a Brazil team in their lifetime because I've been listening to a friend of the show Theo Delaney, his Life Goal podcast, I've been listening to that. and a lot of people of a certain era when they pick goals, they pick the. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed Ed the 1970 Jozinho goal gets a yeah. no, cut. Sorry, Carlos Abelte, gets a yeah. lot of love on that podcast, and I think you have. I think every generation has a Brazil team of their own and I think mine yeah. is that 94 and probably for you guys as obviously as well is that 94 team before Absolutely. you know with young R9 we wouldn't see him in that World Cup just the images knowing that oh god what's to come that guy's there as well I just yeah the kits and just uh, the, the Holland game is one of my favourite games of all time like it's just it felt like such a massive deal as a kid to see this Brazil team against because was the first time they faced proper after getting through the group proper opposition Netherlands were still a team had you know more staff Burkamp was part of that and it weren't quite the force they probably were slightly later in the nineties. But yeah, that Brazil team I adopted them. So I was quite happy that for once you know I adopted a team that won something. But they yeah. used to come
2: out holding hands.
0: They did, they yeah. To, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's and they get, they've got a bit of a they get a bit of a bad rep. I yeah, think it's I would maybe say. I think it's maybe because of like you said the previous Brazil teams uh oh you know the stylistically they're not on a par with Brazil of 82 or 70. But like Pereira, the, the coach, he, he kept, you know, they played four four two. He got his width from his full-backs. He wanted full-backs bombing on. That's like traditional Brazil football, you know. Um, like I said, I think he he, he realised that having Romário and Bebeto up front to match winners, he needed to obviously keep keep it a bit tight behind, which is, again, learning from past mistakes from Brazil coaches where they just thought, oh, we'll be able to just outscore teams. Um so yeah I think that Brazil team has got a bit of a bad rep over the years but at the end of the day they won a the World Cup
0: yeah they, they have yeah I, I suppose maybe because they were even a bit rigid maybe a bit English yeah. you know why, maybe that's why I like them the four-four-two classic yeah. you know but, well, I think um, that's
2: what they've been 24 years without winning a World Cup yeah and I think Pereira took the approach of you know it was it was now or never really obviously Ayrton Senna had died that summer so Brazil was in yeah. was in massive mourning and there was no one really was expecting Brazil to, to win the World Cup that summer back home, you know. So I think there was a lot of pressure on the on the Brazilian uh, team and on Pereira, the coach, to you know to to put a smile back on the faces of Brazilian sports fans. And um, I think he realised that we need to we can't just go and be Brazil if we want to win it. We've got to go and be tactically secure. We've got to defend well. You know, they had so many injuries to, to defenders, central defenders. Yeah, I think they lost about four central defenders, like Marcio Santos come in, mm-hmm. and he was something like fifth choice. Um. So, yeah, they, they, but they knew they had two match winners in, in Romario and, and Bebeto, and proved proved the case. Yeah,
0: and I think the final lets them down a little bit. It's such a disappointing final. Yeah,
2: there. I mean, looking at the final, I think there was so much travel involved there was It was so hot. I think yeah. if they could have extended it, if they'd have given them an extra, like maybe three days' break, I think we'd have seen a totally different final. But um, again, moving with the way football was heading with Champions League and obviously the Premier League and things like that, they, they literally had a month. The World come back to be over in a month, you know. So, yeah, looking back, it's a shame they couldn't have just given them maybe a few more days off and um, we might have seen a different final. But I think by the end, I think both sets of players were they were they were shattered. So it, it's a shame, but um, you know there's still a few chances in that final.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean Italian
2: 90s final was grim as well, but you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, That's I think that there is sometimes the nature of these tournaments. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot you of get, pressure involved. Yeah, and, you know, the final was never. I mean, what was the Germany Argentina Maria Gatsa? Court? that was a terrible final as well. What was that? Two thousand and. 10? Yeah. 10?
1: Yeah, 10 yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: 10, that was 10. 14, 10. 14 14, 14, 14 yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that was another terrible final but yeah um, right final things then well, let's let matt go last so what was your final thing ed
1: uh so um i love a bit of drama um so i'm gonna go for scandals because i love <laughs> i love a bit of scandal um and i've sort of got a few things bullet points some are some are obviously very serious and some are actually incredibly funny so i'll start with i'll start with uh Stefan Effenberg, who remembers uh, Stefan Effenberg, German midfielder, sent home in disgrace from World Cup 94. So I'm just going to quickly read you a line from The Independent, right, that says, uh, at the time, uh, Effenberg made an obscene gesture to barracking German fans as he left the field, and he might as well have kept walking straight to the airport, which I just think is a brilliant line. He as it says there, came off the pitch, swore at the German fans, apparently created a bit of a problem at Euro 92 as well. So he was a a bit of a character. And um, Bertie Vokes, the manager, said that he'll never play for Germany again. And even if he did, it would probably be in 2006, which just makes it sound like so futuristic <laughs> yeah. like 2006 flying, flying
0: cars and everything yeah. yeah
1: i don't i don't know if bertie knew at that point that the 2006 world cup was actually going to be in germany i don't know if <laughs> that was ironic or not but it just it, it's just the way he says 2006 as if it's like light years away and we're all going to be sort of flying to mars um by that stage um so there's that um renny Higita. Yeah. Wasn't at uh USA ninety-four because do you do you know why? I only learned this recently actually. I didn't know that he wasn't wasn't at USA ninety-four because he went to visit Pablo Escobar in prison. Um like you, like you do. A few of the Colombian players did, but I think they did it under um sort of under a uh, under a blanket or something yeah. but um he, he just turned up at the front door of the jail apparently and there's a whole story there's a show called the two Escobars, which is a very very um, good uh, documentary um obviously the sad, the sadness that was um andreas Escubar yeah. um passing away i don't think you could talk about usa 94 in any guise without um, talking about that. We were always led to believe that, well, not led to believe, but, you know, as kids, I think maybe your parents want to shield you or whatever, but it was due to the fact the guy just scored an own goal. Um, there's a little bit more to yeah. it um, than that. Um, wrong place, wrong time, you know, criminal gangs, etc. All linked um, to the other Escobar, which is is why it's called the two bar And then, of course, the uh, car chase that was OJ Simpson. I don't think you can mention USA 94 without that either. So, um, yeah, so I just love well not loosely not loved that you know that bit but there, there's, there there was drama around the football which you could only probably get with america and el diego so, as well of course yes i've that <laughs> written down i don't know why i left that out but yeah and and the actual joy that the bbc seemed to take from maradona being um you know being sent home in disgrace so i seem to recall bob wilson sort of you know, announcing the news, but he might as well have ended it by saying "Yeah, but do," because he just seemed to be so happy about it. That's um, probably the
2: only time you'll see a nurse go onto a football pitch. Yeah. And walk off hand in hand with a player to take yeah. him for a,
1: a urine test. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they just must have known. Yeah, I think, yeah.
0: I think we all know. Yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> it's just it's just well, yeah. I mean, it was even even aged eleven. Yeah. 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 But, uh, that guy's yeah.
0: not right. Yeah, yeah that's
1: something not right with that guy. So. The I wouldn't obviously I didn't love the Escobar thing or the OJ Simpson yeah. thing etc etc but a lot there was stories. there's, so there's many a stories. lot of there's, stories bigger than the game really yeah yeah there's so many backstories to the actual football um, and I just so, thought I don't so, know, so, so much so, 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 someone, so should, should,
0: someone should write a book about it really shouldn't they I think they I probably should, should. <laughs> there's, um, there's
1: there's a market for it it's definitely uh, a,
0: definitely a market yeah, for that
1: perhaps yeah. perhaps not at the moment no uh, maybe wait
0: yeah, yeah maybe yeah. wait oh yeah.
2: Going back to Stefan Effenberg, I spoke to Rainer Bonoff, who was Bertie Vokes' number two. I asked him him about Effenberg, and he said, Well, after the game, we sort of sat him down and said, Listen, obviously what's happened isn't good, but if you apologize to to the fans, etc., you know, and uh, Effenberg was like, No, thanks. Wow. So uh, they went, We're going to have to go home then. Yeah. So I think they they, did give him a a chance to sort of um, redeem himself, but.
0: No, he's still he by what he
2: did and, and off he went yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. wow lots of yeah lots of stories lots of scandal it's, it was a, a crazy few weeks um i'll finish on mine and i'll lighten the mood completely by talking uh about the itv and the bbc theme tunes for yes. i recently posted these on uh the the twitter account because they were so polarizing but so memorable as well like I've got a lot of love for You Are the Number One, which is the Euro 92 for ITV, which went down a storm on Twitter a few weeks ago, actually. But that, that's a cheesy tune. And I love that the, both BBC and ITV completely embraced the Americana of the tournament. Yeah, BBC went down the kind of classical musical with America from... My Fair Lady, is it from? No, what is the musical it's from? I can't even... Yeah, I can't remember what musical it's from. But um, I should know that. But yeah, I want to live in America... <laughs> That song, and then ITV went Cheese Fest. They were, they were like flying eagles, American stars and stripes, and Gloryland. What? And it was just—I have still got the cassette somewhere of Gloryland. It's such a cheese. Who's I have. <laughs> I've Got America as well, but I definitely know where Gloryland is. It's sitting next to You Are the Number One by Paul Young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember the first time I hearing that, I was like, let just set you up. And now ever I hear either one of those cheese and you hear obviously America much more. Then you hear the uh, the Gloria Lantern, which is one of those people go, oh, my God, yeah. And they had the kids with the painted faces, which I think was an ad for Panasonic, I want to say, uh, at the beginning of the, um, of the ITV broadcast. But it just summed up, like, I think the main, if I was going to give like an umbrella term of why I love this t- World Cup, is the Americana of it. Because I've always been slightly obsessed with America in terms of the way they put on things, which is why I'm big into yeah. WWE and do WWE stuff a lot. And the Super Bowl, you know, I'm more interested in the hurrah than the game around that. And I think this was just that and football mixed into it, which is why I think 2026 is going to be mental oh, yeah. because they're going to it's going to be ten times this, which is going to be great. So yeah, I think for, I think I will choose my final thing as those memorable theme tunes that we all sat there because, as we mentioned earlier, the games were at such different times for us as kids. So I, I remember watching some games; I was allowed to start to watch portions of them. a lot of it we were watching highlight packages because we were Mm. watching the next day and and the highlight packages would have these theme tunes so they're so ingrained in my mind to hear and I'm just like it's like not quite Nessa Dorma because I think that takes that's taken a life of its own over the years but like America and Gloryland are two yeah. banging tunes that that I love from this tournament. So
1: something something we didn't have in the nineties was um, Google. So I've just yeah. been on uh, I've just been yeah, on go Google uh, West Side Story.
0: West Side Story. Of course it is. It was it was in my head. I was like, yeah. no, nah, that's not. I knew West that Side My Side. Fair Lady wasn't right. But yeah, West Side yeah. Story. Thank yeah. you, Ed. Um, no, but, um,
1: that's that's what I'm
0: here for. That's what you are, you are you're the Google machine, um, yeah. Matt. Unless you want to say anything on those um, <laughs> theme tunes, I'll let you finish off with your final thing. Yeah, just um, like I said, just.
2: Memories, I, I think I had America on tape. I uh, don't recall having Glory Land on tape, but I definitely, definitely had America. Um, yeah, just, um, again, just memories from flooding back when you mention it, yeah. Amazing. Good
0: stuff. We'll finish this off then. Your final thing you love about USA 94. I'm, I'm bearing in mind we haven't mentioned Diana Ross yet, but go on, tell <laughs> us your final thing. I thought, I thought that
1: was just a given, really. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the amount of times, I, if I put something on Twitter about my book the amount of t- times I get John Ross in it in the yeah. comments. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did, I did the email management team for an interview, but didn't hear back. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you don't ask, you don't get that's exactly, right. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, now the last thing I want to mention we've talked about the final saying people say oh, it was such a, a poor game, but I want to talk about we talked about one great defensive performance. Um, I was going to talk about uh, Franco Baresi, um, and I think. You look back in the second game, Italy were under such pressure. They lost to Ireland. They were playing Norway. Uh, they'd dad, Pagliuca, sent off. Um, Baresi went off injured and he'd um, fractured uh, part of his meniscus, which is like, you're looking at months. And he had three weeks to get back for the final. He had surgery and he, he stayed with the squad, stayed in the hotel. He came back for the final. Um, and again, it's an amazing, amazing performance. Um, looking back at Baggio as well, his performance in the final you know, he'd been injured leading up to it. They both come back for the final, and you think it's written these two they've they've defied the odds to get back to the final, they've dragged their country to the final, and they both missed penalties in the shootout. And it wasn't to be, but um, yeah, just Barese, Barese, and Baggio again, two massive 90s names, you know. Look at, look at Beresi trudging up to take the, the penalty with his socks rolled down and yes. hair like matted to his face and it was just like, he had one one kick left in that leg and suddenly put it over the bar. Mm.
0: There can't be few more iconic World Cup images than the shot of Roberto Badge looking at the turf and Taffarel just celebrating. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. It's just one of those I think because the stadium was so huge as well, I yeah. think it's just, it's such an iconic piece of photography and you didn't want to happen to that guy because it's had such oh, a good no. tournament and I wanted Brazil to win because I adopted them as my team and I loved that as we mentioned the front two. But you kind of you didn't want any team to lose in that final, I felt like it was kind of like they both had their journeys and their stories yeah, yeah. going into it. And that yeah that moment has is just stayed with me for sure. And Franco Baresi, is he one of those players that always look old as well?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I can't like, like
1: Rudy Vuller.
0: Yeah, like I can't really imagine. And um, to be fair, like Ray Wilkins, unless you really delve into photo libraries. You always feel like Ray Wilkins was born with just hair on the side of his head, not really anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I always think of Randy Barese. But yeah, it's a it's a shame about the final and, and how it ended, but iconically it's just it's it's so it's so Frankie eh, Ed.
1: What a player, uh, what a guy. Um reaching the end of his career as well towards yeah. uh, USA ninety four and yeah, fantastic throughout the whole whole tournament, really. As Matt was kind of alluded to there, yeah. So, yeah, fa- a fabulous defender. I like, I like defenders that love defending. Yeah. Like, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like players like like Paul McGraw as well. That they just, it means a lot more to them than scoring a goal. You know, yeah. they just absolutely love it. And Maldini was like that as well. So
0: yeah, no, great,
1: yeah, great player, Matt.
0: Barresi. didn't make didn't make the team of the tournament though, surprisingly.
1: I, I know. Yeah, just looking
0: at that, crazy, yeah. um, crazy. Neither did, neither did Bebeto. I mean, it's hard to choose with, you know, Stoichkoff and Baggio. In there. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. So, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, um, that's a, that's I think the thing yeah. only thing we haven't mentioned, which we probably should before we go, is Jordan Lentzkoff's header as well, because I think that's such a mess. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Like, Because we all hated yeah. Germany at that point, didn't we? Because they knocked us out of 90 and we all wanted them to lose. That, like, I think it, there was this kind of wave for Bulgaria uh, at that point in England, because we wanted, the, we wanted our somewhat revenge and Germany not winning the World Cup. And they were such but a... Good, sure.
2: Such a quick turnaround in that game yeah. as well. As
0: Germany were ahead, and
2: then I think it was like two goals in, in the space of a few minutes for Bulgaria to sort of turn it round. And again, the journey that Bulgaria went on, you know, they never won a World Cup finals game before and to go as, as far as they did. Um, and like I said, that um, that team as well, some of those players, like I said, Jordan Lechkov, Boris Mihailov the goalie with his wig, um, you know, Balakoff, all those sort of players you still remember, you know, all these years later.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, to finish us off, um, Ed, you had a few memories from Twitter, didn't you? That might might spark a couple of things that we haven't talked about. What What have you got on your list?
1: Yeah, just, well, just a few comments, really, more than um, sort of, uh, but, uh, you know, there's one from uh, Roy O'Brien, who, who writes in to say that uh, one highlight for me was attending USA v Brazil on the 4th of July, ah, so he was man. actually there, I mean, imagine what that must have been, yeah. what that must have been like, he says the atmosphere pre-game, it being Independence Day, et cetera, et cetera, uh, must have been amazing, uh, 80s, 90s football, who we know is a, a regular listener, Um Holland v Brazil was an amazing game, but the BBC introduction to that game as an episode of Dallas was inspired. Uh, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Which was really good. And this is my favourite one, actually, personally coming from Roddy Combs. And Roddy says, uh, not a favourite moment, but a story that's not one of the usual ones, which I think we can all enjoy. Uh, I I had a France World Cup 94 T-shirt. He puts in brackets, my dad is French. It must have been made a couple of games before qualifying <laughs> ended with Cantonar Genola et al. Q home defeats to Israel and Bulgaria. Fate well and truly tempted. Now, Roddy, if you've still got that shirt, it's probably worth a fortune.
0: Yeah. Stick it on Twitter um, as well. Yeah. But yeah,
1: stick it on Twitter, yeah, because that'd be amazing to see. But um, yeah, so someone walking around with a France 94 t-shirt on that's not um that's uh, they, well, they never even got there. So there you go. More than a David Platt upper that card. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely. remember those T-shirts
0: that McDonald's had because they did the Happy Meal. I've still got some of the Happy Meal here, somewhere up there as well. I'll, I'll get it in a minute. Um, yeah. But what, it,
1: bur- you've still got the burger and the tip. Oh bur- yeah, look. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it. No, look. There's the football. Oh
1: that's my it. god. Yeah, there's the football.
0: The clapper. How, though, is your right?
1: w- how has your wife? How your wife not kicked you out yet?
0: I don't know. <laughs> look, there's the clapper. You can hear that. Yeah, Stryker. very he was good. On the mascot actually. He, a great, he was a Disney designed mascot. The World so Cup Pup. Yeah, the World Cup Pup Striker. Um, but McDonald's also had those t shirts had Squad 94. And I feel like everyone Bye. was wearing them. And I've mm-hmm. tried to get what well, hold one since, but I think they only came in extra large. I don't know if that was a thing at the time. I don't really remember. But I remember just like going to, I don't know, Woolwich Town Centre or Beck's Eve Shopping Centre where I used to go. And everyone had a USA Squad 94 t shirt from McDonald's that had Striker. Which is a World Cup mascot, not many people like, but I loved it. I know it wasn't quite Chow um, from 1990, but I love a bit of the Disney and Walney Brothers inspired mascot. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for that. You're look welcome back. Thanks for having me on. Last plug, where uh, is it available from all good bookstores and some bad ones? Yeah, online? All, all, all
2: your usual suspects. Yeah, it's available online uh, and in store. Yeah, like Waterstone Smith's,
0: it's available on Amazon, Book Depository, things like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, good luck with that. Um, And people want to follow you on Twitter and you've got an account for the book, where do they need to go? Uh,
2: Yeah. So my personal account is the underscore meds and the book account is at USA
0: 94 book. Simple, simple, does it? Ed, where can people drink in your tavern on Twitter?
1: Uh, So they can follow me or follow the the pub, should I say at, uh, at,
0: at Football Tavern. I nearly forgot there.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, so at, at Football Tavern. And uh, I shall be uh, sitting in the corner with a pint reading Matt's book. To, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Well,
0: I've, I've started to scan it, but I'm saving yeah. it for my holiday. That is my yeah. holiday book. That I is. I'm going to be sitting there once the kids have gone to bed. I'm going to be sitting on my veranda for the first time. We God knows how long in a foreign country on a holiday. And I'm going to be reading about USA 94. That's my plan. Um, follow the show at AK90s as always. We'll be back soon with more 90s nonsense. But until then, keep it 90s. Glory land in glory land. It started with a feeling, and a dream was born into you. It's written in your eyes, you hope you'll see the dream come true. Oh.